From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, hey, Radio Land. It is uh, your moderator, and we are here in Studio A here at Podcast Village. Uh, joining us every week as they do for our broadcast, to my left, ironically, he is the former Undersecretary for International Trade. He, uh, at the Department of Commerce, he's the one we know as the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello. And sitting directly across from me in the other 11 o'clock position, he is the longtime Democratic and Biden political operative and a bar certified attorney in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He is Dan Littner Esquire. Hello, Daniel. You got to turn. You got to get close to the mic. Hello, Justin. Uh, that's a little creepy. <laughs> that was a little creepy. Uh, joining, uh, directly across from me, the latest and most glorious addition to background politics. Glorious, fabulous addition. She is the former communications executive from your Department of State, longtime communications person here in D.C. She is the one we know as Aaron Harbaugh. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Justin. Okay, see, that wasn't as creepy as Dan. Hey, joining <laughs> us from a undisclosed location. Uh, uh, joining us from an undisclosed location in the great state of Massachusetts. He is the author of such great books as American Politics on the Rocks. He's the one we know as Rich Rubino. Hello, Rich. What up, dog? What's wow? What? Yo, where, player. Where did your where did your street cred come from? Uh, inside the battle hardened cage of the engineering booth is our proprietor, our host, and our engineer de facto. He is uh, Charlie Bernie. Hello, Charles. I'm here. I'm here. And then, of course, as always, we have Maddie, the mega engineer, also in the cage, uh, working us. She keeping was us here. Honest. She was here. Maddie, the mega engineer. Mega. I said Ma- mega, mega, uh, not uh, mega. Uh, no, okay. we don't. I, we don't <laughs> Don't bring them into our political swell. Come on. Uh, Hey, let's talk a little Democratic politics because lots going on. Other than the fact that uh, we are now at a stage where we are starting to see a little bit of the thinning out of the the crowd. Uh, Recently, Williamson's still longer in the race. All right. First of all, let's take a moment. To mourn How the are we loss ever gonna win? of 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 the sunflower candidate, the one you know, the the the, the lovely Marianne Williamson has departed this campaign for another campaign to be named later. Uh, that for another uh, book tour to be named later, probably, probably. Hug, help me hug you. And then we've also had seen the departure of some notables. I mean, obviously, we mentioned last week we saw the departure of uh, Julian uh, Castro. We this week saw the kind of not so surprising but kind of abrupt departure by uh, junior New Jersey Senator uh, Cory Booker. And that was kind of uh, – how do you be, how do you have a candidate that you know he's going to drop out, but just the way he did it was why now? I mean, Dan Lipner, it wasn't expected, but it caught everybody kind of by shock. Well, so there's a couple ways of looking at this. One could be um, that not being on the debate stage, and he practically said, you know, there's no reasonable way forward. Uh, why bother going through the legwork going forward through through at least the caucuses? Uh, the other side of that could be maybe he's going to plan on endorsing prior to the caucuses to get another uh, political life out of uh, this campaign cycle. Um, and hopping on board one of the campaigns as a, as a surrogate, uh, which would make sense if you're to do it early um, and potentially put himself in on the short list as running mate. 
are we are we starting to see as we saw like AOC got uh AOC endorsed rather uh Bernie the the, uh, the the candidate she interned for last last time around right well again she Shocker. she she supported <laughs> Bernie uh, we also have uh, we also saw Julian uh, Julio Castro uh, endorse we was Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, Warren. Yeah. yeah that yeah. actually was Warren, a bit more yeah. of a surprise that, what, 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 yeah I was going to say that kind of caught a lot of people that I've been talking to surprised why is that Alan you'd like to be on the ticket with her and and I think that Cory Booker is paying attention and thinking. Whoa, wait a minute. If she pulls this off, I want to be on the ticket with her. Um, I don't think Castro. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Elizabeth Warren. I'm talking about Cory Booker. Right, it might not Castro. be with her. Yeah, so, it's not going to be with her. Well, all, all I'm saying is. <laughs> I mean, that, she, she still has a shot of being the nominee. Let's if somebody. Not write her off to I, 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 I didn't write her off. I said she may be the nominee, and, if, and Julian Castro would say, gosh, she, I'd be a nice fit with her. Cory Booker could say, I'd be a nice f- f- uh, fit with her too, and Bernie ain't going to pick me, and yeah. Biden isn't going to pick me, um, and and Mayor Pete isn't going to pick me. So why don't you think th- Biden would pick Booker? Why? Because he needs a woman on the ticket. He also, he also, so, you're also not going to have you're going to have a hard sell selling a Delaware, Pennsylvania presidential ticket. I mean, to folks out west in the, I don't, you mean Delaware, New Jersey, Delaware, New Jersey. Right? I don't, yeah. you know, who knows what ultimately <laughs> what Delaware, Pennsylvania, what yes. ultimately will happen. I'll be very surprised if there's not a woman on the the Democratic ticket at the top or in the second spot. It's, it I'm may not, not be. It's well, quite the requirement you think about, it is. No. I'm not certain about anything, but I'm just I'd be Still surprised. Early, but I think there's saying. going to be diversity on the ticket on either the top or the bottom. That's that. That's that seems true. to be a, a, that seems a must. To be a, a factor. But he, here's the question, though. Speaking of women, there's now uh, what could be ramping up, because uh, for everybody who listens to us on a regular basis, you know, we record this episode on a Tuesday. This Tuesday that we record this happens to be the night that they are doing the next Democratic debate in uh, at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. So the the, the, the I big... say we do the show as though we already heard the debate. You know, it was really <laughs> remarkable. It was really remarkable. <laughs> and then we'll just have like Maddie, the Wonder Engineer, just plug in like spots of us. Mentioning I think it was names. great. Yeah. D- said that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see when President Bernie wrote Weiss... the damn bill? Yeah, that's right. That's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, say that. yeah, good job. That, that, that's that's fantastic. So the, the thing about it is, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie are having a little tête-à-tête. Apparently, Bernie said a woman can't win the presidency. Supposedly, Bernie. Supposedly, said. allegedly, allegedly. We'll go with allegedly. That usually keeps us out of legal trouble. Um, this is this is caught. Does does it make sense for Elizabeth Warren to go after Bernie on that tonight? She's got two uh, issues to go after. She, the, oh, were you no, asking no, Mitch? I, no, well, okay, oh, I, 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 I was going to ask. I was going to ask Dan, but oh, I'll go to you. No, okay, no, 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 no. You. Bring so it up. she's got two issues now. Um, this one, which is really interesting, because they, the, the reported comment from Sanders that well, no woman can win in twenty twenty anyway. He does not. He he claims he didn't say she. 
claims she heard it, and the four people who were the sources had heard it that way. Why it's coming out now is a reminder that we're getting into tough time, uh, uh, big boy and girl country, when we're down to six candidates. Um, and, and but the other, but but there's another issue that emerged in the last 48 hours, and that is talking points that were being shared among. A fair number, as in, I think, hundreds of Bernie Sanders supporters of comments they could make and should make about uh, Elizabeth Warren's electability, that she appeals to the elites, but she does not have the ability to broaden the appeal of the party. She has said, why are why are Sanders people out here trashing me? Um, We've been we've been friends forever. And it's like, folks. We're we're into the serious part of the of the campaign and, season, and we haven't. It'll be done, interesting yeah. tonight. And we haven't even done the Iowa caucuses so, yet, Dan. So, well, I mean, that's because the Iowa caucuses are not far out. And uh, I, in full disclosure, I, I may have committed to go out and help on, with one of the campaigns on the Iowa caucuses. Oh, oh, uh, I, I will. oh, um, oh here we go. That said, um, tell, I, by I, the way, I, tell I, Vice President I Biden. Marianne Williamson dropped out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to convince her otherwise. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but since we have both a woman and a comms expert on, on our panel, again, I will leave my comments short and for the table for her, her to respond. But right. I, I will say simply what I said uh, on line when with the Elizabeth Warren thing came out. Folks, Democrats, leaking private conversations almost never does anything meaningful other than make you look <laughs> stupid. Uh, it is not. It, it is a political desperation move, and it does not work, uh, as I would suggest the, 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 the media fallout has suggested. It's it's hurt Warren uh, more than more it's than hurt Bernie. Bernie. But that said, we have somebody who can speak with more expertise on the topic here, yeah. I think. We, yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh gosh, I, I I would agree uh, in terms of uh, media she, she wants, she relations. Wants to ask about foreign policy. That's that's not a good strategy. Leaking, uh, you know, um, personal conversations is is, is absolutely um, not advisable. But um, is, that the, I, is that the is that the professional analysis? Generally, yeah. <laughs> Well, what's interesting? You want to be able to control the message, and that 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 uh, clearly has gotten out of hand. Leaking and I, is not controlling anything, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> and this was a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. Yes. Supposedly there were no. It 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 it, no it, it, it occurred at, at Elizabeth Warren Elizabeth Warren's DC apartment. And, really? And, yes, and I don't know exactly when, but they did release a statement to I, CNN, which is. The whole thing that, is kind of bizarre. That's kind of yeah. That's something bizarre. That's like that's what was he doing cheap. at her apartment? Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Bernie after dark. <laughs> more, more rumors. More rumors. All of a sudden, you know, you got some Luther Vandross playing. You're busting open a nice bottle of Malbec and fireplace. Let me introduce you hey. to. To hey, Elizabeth, let me tell you, democracy. This is a great mailback. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why you're not electable. Hey, uh, you're delectable, but yeah, apparently not yeah, electable. Yeah, that's maybe, maybe, they just, maybe they just got the transcription wrong. That's Smokey, Smokey Aaron's voice. By the way, I want everybody to know. Yeah. By the way, I'm so glad a woman said that. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> Rich Rubino, yeah. uh, first of all, you're missing the party here. At Rich, why, why were you at her apartment? That's what we want to know. I did see her in an airport, and she walked really fast. And nobody, she walks so fast, she goes back, she goes one way, then she goes the other way. She had like one person with her, and she just does this for exercise. Did, and you, did, you, did you get a selfie with her? Wait, wait, wait. No, stop, stop. Enough about Elizabeth She's Warren. She's taking a lot of selfies. She's claiming. But enough of Elizabeth Warren's apartment. One person apartment. got a selfie with her. That was it. Rich Rubino, so does it make sense? I mean, are, are we seeing any sort of recreation of history where we've seen the major Democratic tickets, or at least the top of the of the Democratic line, start taking some serious swipes at each other this early? I mean, usually we look at Super Tuesday as kind of a being a lighting of the fuse. It's coming really early this time. Oh, oh no, absolutely. I mean, I go back to 2004. Um, remember that right around a couple weeks before the election, you had Dick Gephardt from Missouri and you had Howard Dean, the former governor of Vermont, and they just excoriated each other. And you know who benefited from that? Because <laughs> the state of Iowa, they don't tend to like people. They don't. They don't tend to Rich, like. You didn't mean 1904. You you you're actually in this century. Yes. Oh, I'll get that. I'll get to that one. Next time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in 2004, it became mutually assured destruction. They went after each other, and the two people who benefited inadvertently were. John Edwards, who came to came up to second place, who just you know went like a lightning bolt, it, it and then John Kerry, and then John Kerry, who ended up becoming the nominee, won Iowa and won New Hampshire as a result of that. But yeah, no, absolutely, and go back even 1988. I mean, Dick Gephardt and Mike Dukakis, they really went after each other. There was all sorts of there were political ads. Bob Dole and George H. W. Bush, right around this time, were going after each other. I mean, this is actually pretty tame to what we're going on in history. And I'm trying to figure out if there was anything involving Alvin Parker. Back in 1904, but I don't think there was. But I will say you know this: something? You William Jennings Bryan, William Jennings Bryan, was nominee in 1896 and 1900. Okay, we're, we're done. Like we're Barkley done. Nominee, and he said, "I'm not going to vote for Alvin Barkley as the." No- I mean, I'm sorry, Alvin Barkley, Alvin Par- Alton Parker. I'm sorry, Alton Parker. You're done. He said, "I'm not going to vote for Alvin Parker because Alvin Parker was essentially too conservative." Charlie Newton. He won't stop until he gets the John Adams. I'm loving it. I want to get to 1840. No, 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 no. Really, really. Just, that was just, a great confrontation between those two, but the party did not. Dan, I blame you. This is your fault. This is, I blame you. You encouraged this. He was doing fine in a 2000 decade, and then you blew it. Dude. So, so I actually do need to correct something that Rich said. So it, it wasn't inadvertent. Um, so everything I've seen, and from my contacts in internal Democratic politics, um, Howard Dean was hated, um, and oh, yeah. some, and so the Gephardt took one for the team. So yes, the mutually assured destruction uh, was there, but it wasn't accidental. Uh, making sure that Howard Dean was not the nominee was kind of the goal, uh, so, and right. the implosion that occurred so afterwards. I, okay, I, by the way, I, I, quite frankly, we're talking about something that a lot of people who listen weren't even born when this happened, so... 2004? Yeah. We have some, what, what do you think of demographic? How old is our demographic? 18. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were born hey, kids, by then. Like, you I'm, don't need your driver's license. <laughs> listen to backroom politics. My nieces and nephews listen to the show. Sorry please. about your math, but they would be older than 18 if Maybe. they were around yeah, and okay. are listening today. Okay. But so that's by, that's not necessarily math, by a lot. Make America think harder. Yeah, that's so exactly the, You know, Rich has got this amazing advantage. He throws out stuff from 1904. There's no way to fact check it. It's true. The, even true. the internet, only, even the internet doesn't have it. Right. It's so old. That's true. <laughs> There's always microfiche. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Five points for the microfiche. I actually. Um, you I guys at State Department are so no, technologically well, advanced. 
I did my college applications on a typewriter. So, wow. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not that young. You've done it a lot more gracefully than we have. I will send you something about the Ellen Parker, William Jennings, Brian. No, no, no. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to this. So, anyway, what are the expectations tonight? I mean, is this literally uh, an opportunity for somebody to pull ahead? Is this just? Uh, the top six Republicans kind of circling the wagons. Well, and top stadium. six Republicans from the Democratic primary? Yeah, there's six Democrats, yeah. <laughs> I've got Republicans on my head. I'm a Republican. Uh, you know, is this the top six Democrats? Uh, we do have Tulsi to... Gabbard in there. Yeah, well, so well, she's not on stage. Oh. That's right. She hasn't dropped out she yet. She hasn't dropped out yet. <laughs> I did actually see a Tulsi Gabbard Michael sign. Michael Bennett, too. Oh, no, you, um, you want to know something funny here? Here, check this out. You know where I saw a lot of Tulsi Gabbard, like, big billboards on, like, 20-story billboards? In Moscow? No. No. <laughs> the Carolinas. <laughs> Apparently. The Carolinas. It was in Syria. It was in Syria. Oh. It was in Ca- the Carolinas. They love them some Tulsi Gabbard. Her own state doesn't like her, but they love well, her down there. Yeah, so uh, let's, let's just say wait, wait, we'll, we'll no, take, Hillary Clinton's comment about Tulsi Gabbard was not without merit. I'll tell you what: when um, she drops out, when she drops out, we'll talk about her. But anyway, uh, it, it was so, the wrong messenger, though. Yes, right. absolutely what the wrong messenger. We, what can we expect tonight? Dan Littner. Um, well, this is the last debate before the caucuses, so um, we basically have a four-way tie with Biden with a slight lead, um, and the top four being Warren, Buttigieg, Biden, and Sanders um, all would like to take a clear lead, um, and also worth noting, uh, just a l- little bit of note for the, the caucus calculus. Just because you have a polling lead does not necessarily dictate what's going to happen at the caucuses. Right. It is crazy the vote trading that occurs in living rooms and little town centers and libraries. It is nuts. Um, so it, it, we could get a big surprise, and we have at the moment we haven't heard any any deals being made amongst any campaigns, but that is bound to happen soon. Right. Uh, the most obvious that was going to be. Uh, Warren and Sanders, but that seems to be kaput. Is it? Uh, but we're going to see some punches being thrown. Uh, Bernie Sanders has already said pretty straightforward he's going to be throwing some punches but, at Biden on the foreign policy credentials on about Iran and, right. and the potential of another war with Iran for you, Dan. to knock Biden's credentials down there. Here's the question for you, Dan. Is Tom Steyer being on the stage surprising? Um, not really. I mean, he's, he's got he, he's got the money, and he's playing a different game than Bloomberg is. Uh, Steyer's game uh, is he he seems to think he can be president of the United States, um, and he's using his money, and he's running a different kind of campaign to actually try and get so, some support. But he's still basically throwing elbows at Donald Trump. He hasn't. I haven't really seen him attack any of the other uh, Democratic candidates, since, but I, I I could be corrected there. All right, since we have a a comms goddess here. Now we can ask you, in when you look at strategic comms, when you look at the communication strategy of some of these campaigns, you know, right now we've got Tom Steyer who spent at last count something like $46 million in just TV ad buys. And then you look at the Michael Bloomberg camp who has spent a hundred and almost fifty million dollars in television ad buys in very different ways. In very di- agreed, but that's still a lot of money here. The first question I have, or the question I want to pose to you, is: Does saturating the TV buy market that way could that be 
really effective, or is this a real gamble for the two of them? I um, haven't run any political campaigns, so right. I I don't know. Does he, and, is TV and, effective? And I, you know, to be honest, I, you know, I don't watch TV. I think most, <laughs> you know, most people watch, uh, you know, on demand content. So I, I really, you know, I mean, I think that's a great question, and 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 also that that may uh, also affect different demographics differently. Because if you look at, you know, the television viewing population, that may be changing. I I don't know. And and, and actually, that's an excellent question. And, um, you know. uh, It's okay. okay. (laughs) I don't know the answer to it. We pull answers out of our rear end, too, a lot. (laughs) Uh, No, Alan Moore, go ahead. So, not very long ago, Bloomberg was at zero. Right. And now he's at, you know, somewhere between seven, eight Eight. percent. Right. And, and. It's hard to to, to say that Steyer's it's had, numbers have it's, skyrocketed it's, as a result of the well, buys. Well, I think he's in the six percent range. Um, he's been around at it longer, less less right. money, um, but he's also decided to devote quite a bit of social media time trying to get it raise a dollar from enough people that he could actually get onto the debate stage, and it that has worked. The combination of poll polling and number of donors. Bloomberg has said and, and made it a point of honor. I will not take a dollar from anybody. Therefore, unless the rules were changed, he won't be on the debate stage. But it's not as though you can that that, that we're True. not aware of him. So True. It does he does do either of these guys have a chance? Well, it depends on if all the front runners knock themselves off, and right. it that's a long, long, long shot. But but there tonight, I think what you're going to see at the get go, I would be very surprised if the first question isn't aimed at Bernie and and Elizabeth Warren, basically saying. Did you say to her, a, a woman cannot why, win? Why Did, open with that? You know, though? I'm talking about this. I'm Who's talking about. Six? I'm talking the about moderators? CNN, the moderators right. wanting to get people drawn in to pay attention. But you see, that that's the problem. Is if I'm CNN, and I'm trying to separate myself from the rest of the crap. I would think. Well, that, she sent that to CNN. What's that? She actually sent uh, a statement. Elizabeth Warren. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, this is the, the hot, most recent issue. It's going to come up. to it? It's not feeding into it. If How do you ignore it? I'm just guessing they'll start with it, and then they'll move on. We'll see if they start because with it. Because we're Democrats and we don't belong to any organized political party, what's going to happen <laughs> is, it, what, what should happen is Bernie and Elizabeth Warren should... Uh, pull each other aside before they go out on stage and say, like, this is our joint response. We need to get past this. Uh, the, this kind of infighting is doing anyone any favors. You need to hug it out. What will happen <laughs> yes. is w- one of the – Alan's right. What most likely will happen is somebody will ask the question and – Bernie will either start with the "I love women" or some some statement of you know I I'm, I'm great with women, and Elizabeth <laughs> not Warren, binders of women though not binders of women say, yeah. and not that, that, that horrible story that he wrote when he was in college, um, the. <laughs> That that's come out. I've actually uh, uh, you uh, go uh, with your original thought. So and and then Elizabeth Warren is going to have to backpedal and point out. I believe she's still the only who's the sixth candidate that's on stage. 
So we Styre Five. Who's Steyer, Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Oh, Klobuchar. Yeah. Okay, so she's not the only woman on stage, but of only of still minority of women on stage. Uh, some comment will be made there, and then other people will hem and haw, and that will still become a thing because nobody can contain themselves wanting to say, "Look, really, the women's vote is I'm the best Democrat to represent it." That's what's going how it's going to play but, out. But, but here's the funny thing about that's it: is what happens if if, if if Bernie Sanders gets up there. And says, you know, I know the women vote, the women support me. Who doesn't want to hear who, who this voice yeah, late exactly. at night? Exactly. <laughs> Over a glass of Alba. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm intrigued with this notion of the two of them with, with a statement because it seems to me that there might be room for, for them to say, Bernie says, Let's just stop I, don't, I don't believe I ever said that. I never believed it. And she could say, it's what I thought I heard. I accept his explanation. And that's the end of it. Yes. This ends. That Instead would be helpful, too. Yeah, because that's, that poli- that's how politics works that in a completely be, reasonable well, no, 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 no. That would be helpful, especially at the competitive no, debate here's stage. A, here's the funny thing about it is, is you know, you look at the people. Is, is Elizabeth Warren really connecting with women Democratic voters right now to a point where she goes, look what Bernie said about me. I am a woman. Connect with me. Bernie has greater support among women today That's my point. than Elizabeth Warren does. But that doesn't mean that... They're going to move directly this... over to Elizabeth Warren? No, 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 no. But how how they both handle it. So it, I mean, it could come across as her looking divisive. And I think that um, that's not a trait that any man or woman ad- admires in, in a candidate. I mean, I is it gender-based? We, we you know, need unity. She's got that problem already, yeah. anyway, of being kind of polarizing. Well, you know, if they, do go after, if they do go after each other, it's a perfect um, opportune side for someone to get uproarious applause, someone like Amy Klobuchar to come in. And you know, folks, say, say essentially, you know, our real enemy is Donald Trump. We have to go after that. We have to unify. This isn't the crap we need right now. It's like when, um, you know, I remember Ross Perot and George H.W. Bush in 92 were going after each other. Bill Clinton said, we need to focus on the issues. Whenever somebody says that, they're going to get great applause. You know, they're going to get a great soundbite out of it. You know what, the, you know what the, the great thing tonight, I think, could be? Is that you see the small town mayor be the ultimate reconciler saying, look, both y'all, yep. just let it go. Well, a small town mayor also, so this, the, uh, of late in the campaign cycle, the small town mayor has been not doing as well as he could have been doing. And the the question is that we're seeing consistently now, and we're ignoring the ground game because that's still to be seen. But that's the, we're going to see the, the proof in the pudding there. Uh, but the communications of both the candidate and their campaigns being different entities. The Biden campaign has been remarkably consistent. The, there are occasional gaffes from the candidate, but the campaign itself has been remarkably consistent. The Warren campaign has made some really horrendous mistakes. And, and the candidate herself has been slow to pick up the narrative that's been sliding in the wrong direction. The Sanders campaign has been pretty consistent because Sanders, to his credit, actually knows what he stands for and why he stands for them. Buttigieg, once he started being successful and getting out ahead of his skis, 
um, trying to be magnanimous, talking about the budget deals uh, and Democrats not caring about balanced budgets. That made a whole bunch of Democrats who lost their jobs in 1994 because the Clinton tax deal really pissed off. Uh, because maybe the fine young mayor wasn't quite a, a political being then and hadn't done his homework because he didn't have rich teaching him uh, ancient political history. Um, <laughs> so uh, Klobuchar has also been remarkably consistent. As far as I can tell, she hasn't really made any mistakes. But 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 Amy Klobuchar Amy Klobuchar seems to be as, as far as. Looking at the numbers, she's got that slow, gradual increase in stature. I am genuinely surprised she's still in the campaign. I mean, to her credit, I I, I don't need to knock her. She, she's, she's raising had, money. She's had a, a slow, steady rise, and she I th- I think the odds of her being a the a outright candidate uh, nominee are pretty slim. A broker convention, all bets are off. Uh, but the odds of her being a number two. So, are not insignificant. We got we to take a break. We got to take a break with it. I want to talk about the, the Democrats are fascinating me. I'm done with impeachment. I'm just so tired of talking about the impeachment. I think we're going to just do all Democratic stuff today. Impeachment's uh, going to be starting soon. We might not want to totally ignore it. No, but it's going to be, they got to vote on it. We can do it next week when we have this. We can talk about it next week, can't we? We can give it a few minutes. Uh, we'll see. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more Democrat. We might talk impeachment. This is Backroom Politics. Stay with us.
Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. You know, during the break, I just had this vision of a nice candlelit dinner between Bernie and and Elizabeth Warren in their Upper Northwest apartment somewhere. It's just... So nice. With a nice Malbec. With a nice Malbec. That's right. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate that. Hey, uh, we're talking Democratic politics here uh, on Backroom Politics for this episode. Going back to the debate that's uh, happening, because, again, we record this before the debate on a Tuesday. Uh, The the biggest question I got tonight is, uh, are we going to start seeing... More and more focus. Where, where's the hyper focus going to go? And I'll, I'll start. I'll start with you, Aaron. Where, where do you think the hyper focus is going to go as far as when they start diving into the real policies? I mean, it, you, you can do, you know, beat Trump, beat Trump, beat Trump, beat Trump. But when you start asking the technical political policy questions, where are they going to really get their feet uh, grounded on this? What 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 topic? I think foreign policy is actually going to come up a lot more prominently. I've been hearing that in the commentary thus far, but I think obviously with the recent events in Iraq and Iran, that's on the American public's mind. And I think that's something that Americans are realizing it's, it's, it's important. Right. Dan Lipner, I mean, is, is there is there a topic that is going to really establish somebody? I mean, healthcare has been kind of a disaster for everybody on stage. Uh, they've never really gotten their feet truly grounded on on a honed in message, if you will. Well, uh, there are some pretty dramatic differences on stage. Right, That's part but, of it. But I mean, are we going to? What's what's the one that we're going to see some solid consistency on? I mean, should there be? It's competitive process. I agree. No, I agree with him more. No, I agree with no, him no, more. I mean, which is which is. <laughs> I'm with Bernie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let me let me rephrase the question. What what is going to what's going to differentiate the six on stage? Is there a, a topic that will differentiate the six on stage? I mean, the issue in Iran actually has some uh, some good possibilities of playing out there, and there's also. Uh, the issue of diversity, which has been percolating in Democratic circles, I know a lot of people that are pissed off does, that now it's a bunch of white people on but stage. I was going to say, does five? Does it make sense for five white people on a stage in Middle Iowa talking, or six? I'm sorry, you're right, six white people on a stage in Des Moines, Iowa talking about diversity, or is that bad optics? It's it's not a bad idea to talk about it. The question is how they talk about it. And I've been politely pushing back at folks from people who said, you know, the DNC needs to do better. Tom Perez did a lousy job. And I've politely suggested that both voters who have been polled and people who have donated money have sort of dictated who's on stage. And in fairness to the DNC, I'm not saying they necessarily took, took the best uh, approach or the worst approach, but they had a pretty democratic approach, and it seemed like it, it were it's whittled its way through. And there have been some surprises of people who fell off the stage. Unfortunately, two, two of those surprises are, are minority candidates, and one of which is from the largest state in the union that was a front runner when she entered the race, right. Kamala Harris. Um, so. The fact that African Americans are predominantly supporting Joe Biden uh, is somehow I find interesting. And how people choose to address that—I mean, the Washington Post 
uh, had a great headline or editorial headline saying, you know, African-Americans aren't monolithic. They don't just vote for the African-American candidate. So as has been proven the case. White people can be woke, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, true. You know, the whole, although That's it's true. interesting, this entire, this entire election process has been, you know, the, essentially the death of identity politics. Pete Buttigieg is not appealing to, the, to what would be, you know, his natural constituency, which would be millennials. Bernie Sanders, the oldest who's 78 years old, is appealing to them. Um, the, two, the three African-American candidates, I guess, well, I guess Deval Patrick's the only one left now, could not appeal right, to the African-American. Right. Right. Du- Duval Patrick's in the race. That's right. I think yes, you and he I- is. He's, um, he's running a stealth campaign so far. <laughs> yeah, very stealthy. Very stealthy. <laughs> very stealthy. Uh, but but I, guess the que- I guess the question is, though, Richard Bino, is does the Democratic Party, I mean, are the critics right? Does the Democratic Party have a diversity problem? Um, in terms of what you're going to see at the certainly at the debate, you do. But I think in terms of the, the core constituency of the Democratic Party, no. I mean, you know, 24% of primary voters are going to be African American. You go to South Carolina, where it's essentially going to be 60% are going to be African American. But I think that most Americans will disassociate who they see on that stage versus you know versus knowing that the Democratic Party in general, anyways, is not made up of an of an homogeneously just simply of um, white people, it's certainly, you know, they certainly have the majority in the Hispanic community, the Asian community, the, Af- the African-American community, the Jewish community, the That's gay right. community. Yang make this stage. Yeah. yeah. So, but here, here's, here's, here's the question for you, Alan, is, you know, when you look at this, and going back to Dan's point, uh, women not are not necessarily migrating over to Elizabeth Warren or yep. Amy Klobuchar. Uh the millennials are going towards Bernie. The LGBT vote isn't exactly rallying rainbow flags around Pete Buttigieg. Some of it is. I Some think. of it I is. Think but that's no, it's an important as, part of his money. Right. Is, is that is that true? I think so. Okay. But are, is Pete the only one that can really play the identity politics to his advantage right now? You know, I don't know. Um, it, it's such a jumble now. The, the real question... I don't think the Democrats have to feel bad. I think that 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 Dan made the point accurately that they set up rules. They consulted a lot of people. They published and notified everybody what the rules were. They let everybody have input. And then they watched it play out. And it played out in some surprising ways, but it played out in a fair, open way. I think it would have been even more controversial if they'd said, gee, we, we need to impose a quota here on our system, and let's find a way to redo the rules so we can look more diverse. The yeah, that challenge, would have been ugly that, for that the would general, been, right. general just, election. Just, just terrible for their, for, for their credibility. I think the real question on, on this is what will happen once they have a candidate? And what will happen in November? Who will go to the polls? And it, just as this is a big question, especially in a place like Iowa— who shows up on a cold Tuesday night, if, especially if the weather's bad and, just, and, and casts a, 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 a vote for a particular person? Right. It's really, really, really hard to predict that, as right. history has shown. And in November, what's the turnout going to be? Are African Americans going to feel like they have a candidate that they care about and can feel comfortable with? Um or not, and they'll just and, 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 and stay home. It's not as though they're likely to vote for Donald Trump, but they it's, it's entirely possible that there will be a no-show. 
Having right. said that, the Republicans have the same problem. They, they will there be a lot of Republicans who sit on their hands right. on, on come November right. too. But Dan Lipner, guess there's there's almost an expectation that you know, hey, the black votes, you know, gave us Donald Trump because they didn't show up in force for the Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. Uh, there's only that argument again doesn't really attract the. The African-American voters, they feel like, you know, they're, they feel anywhere from marginalized to completely just taken for granted. Well, you talk, you're talking the general election here. Well, no, even even now, you've got five, you, you've got six white people on the stage. Can they, any of them connect without doing the Democratic, hey, I'm a Democrat, you're supposed to back me? Joe Biden can. Joe Biden, who was the first white vice president to a black president. Yeah, uh, that's arguably uh, the uh, he 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 he's he's got that locked in, and in contrast to Hillary Clinton here, uh, you know who the author of the '94 crime bill was, right? Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's also got a busing problem from previous votes on that. He's that, got that, several that, problems. That, that, Turned out no, to not be a problem. That's already been litigated. This is why Kamala Harris is no longer a candidate. Okay. Because in national politics, you have to be able not only throw the punch, but be able to answer the question the next day, hey, what's your position on this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Biden's already survived the first couple rounds on that. And at the general election point, the the Donald Trump line, what have you got to lose? Yeah, now we know. Uh, right. <laughs> it, so that, that he can't play that same game. So the turnout question is still there, but Trump is no longer an unknown commodity where it, it's it's a where where it's a, a a mutual negative on both sides. People have an idea what the what the Trump administration would do, or worse yet, a second term of a right. Trump administration Aaron, would do. Aaron Harbaugh. I actually have a question. I I don't have the answers for this, but I'm curious to know what you think in terms of Stacey Abrams' role and how she might be effective in getting the vote out with the African American community. I well, she's apparently raised it ton of money uh, for her voter protection uh, project, mm -hmm. which is not insignificant since um, the in it was it Wisconsin, I believe they tried to knock off uh, a huge number of voters, I think it was something like 200,000 voters. Um, and considering Trump only won the state by something like 22,000 votes, right. uh, that's not an insignificant number. Um, so Stacey Abrams, as a sort of a neutral-ish third-party arbiter if she's not on the ballot. If she is on the ballot, she's been whispered to be a possible number two, even though she's poo-pooed that, um, things change. Uh, but in, in either case, she is a credible voice, um, and particularly in minority communities, since um, I actually have done some independent research on this, and uh, two, two groups are always undercounted at, at, or, or undervote. Poor people and minorities, always, with the exception of one crazy county in Alabama, of all places, right. where it has the highest uh, voter turnout and lowest voter error rate. Uh, it's, a mi it's a minority county. But other than that, every place else in the United but, States, they're but always the lower. But I get the impression, Alan, that, that minority voters in particular, as we saw in the last election, uh, you know, when you talk about I am a uh, underrepresented 
minority, poor uh, voter, the Democrats kind of looked at them as they're all the same, whereas the Republicans... When, when, no, no, no. Why? Uh, why don't, no. Don't, no. No, 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 no. Do, do not put words in, as a Republican, don't say Democrats have looked at them as all the same, and don't say them. That's true. I'm going to let you guys uh, sort of sort that out, because I don't want to touch that. No, no, no. It's really but, nice but, up here in Boston. But what I wanted to... No, no, but I want to go back to that. No, I want to go back. I do want to go back to that, though, is that the taking for granted... And the lumping in of the generalized Democratic always voters is, I guess, the better way to put it, is that is that mantra changing this cycle? It's changing, arguably, based on what we've seen in the midterms and the off-off year elections. Uh, they're turning not just back, but back the clock to what they used to be. Uh, we've seen record turnouts in the off years and the off off years in in Virginia and uh, New Jersey. Uh, we've seen just numbers we have not seen in decades. So if that plays out to what the actual presidential cycle, uh, which tends to see the highest turnout, we're going to see some pretty high numbers. Uh, Trump has done a but, great so, job of getting people. Focused. He was asking about African American voters. And well, yours is no, not, well, no, 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 not just African American voters. No, 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 African -American. no, 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 no I'm just saying African Americans. You're responding working class, to poor white. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about Latinos. I'm talking about all the voters. I mean, they, they, okay. the, what I'm saying is that they've taken the you know the the poor, the working class, the minorities, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're African American. It's always been the well, we expect you to vote Democrat. I don't no, think expecting the numbers, people to vote Democrat versus expecting people to vote are different things. And I don't if think if they vote, yes, the numbers are overwhelmingly Democrat, more so for African Americans than Latinos. Even though Trump has so, then how do they change the narrative? What do you mean? How, how, do, how do the Democrats stop, or can they change the the message that says no, we don't take you for granted. We don't expect you guys if you're going to show up at the the polling booth. You're going to vote because you're a, a woman, a millennial, a poor working class, uh, black, Latino, Asian voter. So every, since the Trump administration was kind enough to cut back on, on uh, aid to families with children, uh, right in time for the holidays. Uh, so there are lots of folks that uh, so suddenly saw some pretty uh, upfront uh, costs to their 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 livelihood, not just livelihoods, um, the the costs of what this administration has been doing has kind of come home pretty quickly uh, for the Latino community that since the president has kindly uh, talked about, while some of them are good people, according to the president, um, uh, said some pretty horrendous things and not terribly great things for African-American community. So it's the unfortunately, American politics is frequently uh, 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 elevated by who you're against, not who you're for. And the president has done an awfully good job of motivating people against him. But here's the funny thing about it is, Alan Moore, I, I've seen and talked to more minorities that are that I would not I would never expect them to, but actually pull for Trump. I've seen uh, more, hardcore working class, I would call them 
you know, whether you call them blue dog, Democratic, lunch pail type labor that are pulling for Trump. Has, has the Republican, have the Republicans capitalized on something that the Democrats just took for granted or just completely missed the boat on? Well, I don't know if they... It, it, what happened in 2016 was obviously uh, somewhat of an anomaly, um, in, and, but things played out in a way with mistakes made by Hillary Clinton, baggage carried by Hillary Clinton, her shortcomings as a candidate. Um, but arguably, but, we can say the same thing right now. Joe Biden's got baggage. They've made mistakes. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just not the same. And, and um, a bunch of – it was sort of this perfect storm that no one expected no one thought what would happen in 16 happened even trump apparently didn't think it was going to happen i don't right. i don't see a repeat of that what i do see though is yes there's a lot of anger and antagonism and and and, and throw the bum out and he's disgusting and he's dangerous but there's also an enormous number of people who say i don't like how he talks I don't like how he runs the government. I don't like what he stands for in many ways, be it religion or personal behavior. However, however, I like a number of things that are going on in the country, some of which I associate with him. And not just the economy, which no matter what anybody wants to say, really has done remarkably well and better than than just about anybody thought. And that's a huge, massive issue to most of America who are not part of our conversation, will never be just worrying yeah, about. But there's just, data points just, on just, this. Just, just worrying yeah. about just worrying about life, bread on the table, job, et cetera. There's there. I think when it comes to the borders, that there's an enormous following and, and, and level of support for the president of people, and some of right. whom are Hispanics, believe right. it or not. Sorry to say that, folks, but that's how it is. And and then the abortion issue, the apparent the, the gun issue, the apparent support of, 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 right. of e- evangelical religious folks. But not I, crossover voters. I'm, not talking, right. I'm talking about but, this base of support that people well, say, the, the base, I don't like him, and notwithstanding that, and I think no, no, there no, I, are I, I some think, crossover uh, voters I, there. I think there are too, but I think who, the, and, the and, problem and we've got is, to see what the Democrats wait, have. But the problem is, is that the, 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 they sit there, they sit there, and they go, "Look, you know what? I don't care about what he said on TV. I don't care. I just made twenty five thousand dollars this week in my retirement account." I don't oh, yeah. care. I don't care. Twenty five thousand dollars this week in your retirement account? Uh, no, no, this uh, month, whatever. <laughs> this I'm year, just saying this year. It doesn't okay. matter. Th- th- that there's is money a going, much more reasonable number. I'm just uh, saying there's th- there's money going into my bank account. They, I don't care. I've got a roof over my head. I don't care. I'm I'm actually I've got a job and then my job's not going anywhere right now. How uh, tell me that's, tell that, me you're overstating that last. Why time. am I overstating that one? We're at we're at the lowest unemployment rates. Right. No, but 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 as far as the quality of the jobs, I mean, this is something that Alan's been pointing out for years on the show that people being displaced by technology is not inconsequential. And there's also the outsourcing is still occurring. I mean, in in Wisconsin, those Rust Belt states, the 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 Foxconn deal that. Supposedly, Trump had out, been out there shouting from the so, mountaintops. It was going to be great. So They've let me done simplify nothing. this Not for you, kind Dan. of nothing. No, but nothing. Dan, let me simplify this for you. Tell me why the Democrats aren't recreating 2016 right now. 
tell me how how, the, how they are going to, by all establishment rules, Trump should be out. Trump should be a one-term wonder. Tell me, uh, he do, also could be. He, every other, for the most part, any kind of contested election that's been close, and there have been a couple of surprises where Trump also lost them, or at least people, Trump allies have lost. He lost the midterms. He lost some high, high, noteworthy governor's races. We have a Democratic senator in Alabama, of all places. Trump has lost a lot of ground. Not right. to say he still can't win it. And there's also, by the way, we're leaving off the Russians are still playing out there. Uh, the, you, the the Russian hack of Burisma. Uh, right. No, I mean, you yeah, no, can't no, no, gloss no, you're over right. that. You're right. Considering the incredibly small number of votes Trump won by and still lost the popular vote by close to three million votes, those things matter. Right. So when you're putting it all together, and this is, and the economy also needs to be noted, this is the data point, in, in Trump counties that were crossover counties, so that voted for Obama, then voted for Trump, the wealth loss uh, in those counties, so people not making as much money, people living har harder lives, has increased. They have, they're doing worse under Trump we than they were doing we before. Give, we give you Lordstown, Ohio. Anyway, uh, Rich Rabino, check the math on that. I, I mean, is there... Does history tell us that it's more apt to see Donald Trump get a second term, or does it look like the Democrats can pull victory out of certain chaos? Yeah, I think history. I think historically, if you look at the macroeconomic numbers right now, and you look at the fact that he has at least not started, not sent troops into some sort of a major war, his job approval should be a lot higher than it is. But because he's Donald Trump and because he's a self-saboteur, um, you know, he is essentially tied, depending on who, depending on the poll, with Joe Biden, with with Pete Buttigieg, and Joe Biden's ahead of him by ahead of him by a few points. Um, but if you look at it, you know, it's like when it goes back and when Bill Clinton during the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Part of the reason that so many, part of the reason he still had a seventy percent job approval rating at one point is people are more concerned about the Dow Jones than they were about Paula Jones. And it's very similar what's going on right now. And one thing I think you might see in Donald Trump back in nineteen eighty two. When Tom Bradley was so Tom Bradley was a mayor of Af an African American. He was a Democratic nominee. He was running for governor of California, and polls showed he was going to win by about ten points. And he ended up losing that race. And it's called the Bradley effect because a lot of people wanted to be politically correct to say they were going to vote for the African American, and then they were telling pollsters that, and we ended up voting for somebody else. So you always have that kind of unknown variable when it comes to Donald Trump. It's certainly not necessarily politically correct for somebody to say that I'm supporting Donald Trump and not going to have bumper stickers on their car. But they might actually go back and say, you know, my 401k is doing pretty well. So, you know, some machinists in Columbus, Ohio could go to the polls and actually vote for Donald Trump. You might actually see a lot of these people. You perhaps even saw them in the last election, people who voted for Donald Trump, but they were afraid of the consequences of actually telling people. So that's really an unknown variable there. Alan Moore, last word. Yeah, I think, Real quick. I, I think, I think what Rich in part was saying that if Donald Trump were sane and <laughs> acting like a normal human being and a president in the historical way, he would be up by 10, 15, 20 yep. percent right now because of the economy, so because he was some a, of the issues that have cut for him. The, the great irony, he was in many ways... The, Democratic, the Democrats' wall deal he would be. In, yeah. in, in, in many ways, an accidental president, but he he is so unpredictable, so volatile, and so frightening to, to many in terms of the risks that he needlessly puts us all at. He, the, the, this is going to be a, a close race, 
African-Americans, you mentioned Stacey Abrams and whether she might be able to get people out. Watch what Barack Obama and Michelle Obama do, because if they choose to get involved and go to particular states, they can make a huge difference. I don't think they will. We'll see. $52 billion of Michael Bloomberg. That's that's the last one I want to close out with. Even if he's not the nominee, he might very well keep spending money in the general election. No, he will. He's promised And we don't know... We don't know how impeachment's ultimately going to yeah. play out, and, and that's going to be up this week right. and next week. And, and by the way, will, hence 2020. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing is, you want to see something fun? You want to watch this thing go down? What if Michael Bloomberg says, all right, you know what? Let's go to this convention. I'm going to buy every super delegate I can. Does he? Is there a possibility he could pull, he could buy his nomination? No. Not with the, the no. superdelegates no. aren't, aren't enough. Well, and when you say buy them. Um, well, no, no. I mean, literally, he, he no. literally can spend a, a It's still much, illegal. Much, much money. Spend, he can spend plenty of money, and he's he basically- spent a million dollars on He said this week he's going to keep his, 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 his team in place all the way through November because he wants to be sure that Donald Trump does not get reelected. Yeah, he, so Michael Bloomberg's already spending money in states that- we're not paying attention to yet, and he's simply spending Should money the rest of the Democrats to pay kill attention? Donald Trump. No, but he's not really spending money. Well, he's incidentally re- promoting himself because you no. kind of have to. He's principally throwing elbows at Donald Trump in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania. Ohio. These states Florida. are not on the ballot yet. Yep. Or not on not on the calendar. We'll see if Elizabeth Warren continues to trash him tonight because she's going to realize that that he can help any Democrat who's nominated. Okay. That's it. That's the music. On behalf of Rich Rubino, Aaron Harbaugh, Dan Lipner, Alan Moore, uh, special thanks as always to our host and our gracious, gracious engineer de facto, Charlie Burney. Uh, Maddie, the super engineer, thank you. We appreciate you, as always. Uh, we will be back for the next episode of the best political podcast you've never downloaded, Backroom Politics. You can download us on your favorite podcast service, Apple, Spreaker, uh, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're kind of a big deal. We're everywhere. Hey, you can also follow us on our Twitter campaign or our Twitter handle at Backroom Politics. You can follow us on our website. Uh, sp- big changes coming to that, right, Rich Rubino? I muted him. Oh, you muted him? Oh, that's you right. Rich, you're now, back. Now, Rich, big changes coming to the website, right? Do stay tuned. There we go. That's All what right. I wanted to and hear. The GoFundMe Thank- campaign. Yeah, and the GoFundMe <laughs> campaign. Send money. We need more. Have a great week, America. See ya.